0: Welcome to Great Minds, and our guest today is one of the true icons of rock and roll. He is a phenomenal guitar player, Um, comes from one of the great fountains of American creativity, the borough of Brooklyn. Just learned that Rick and I also share some roots in Queens. And uh, he's one of the members of Riot and Riot Act, which is just an unbelievable group of talented musicians, new album, Closer to the Flame. Delighted to welcome Rick Ventura.
1: Hey, pleasure. Thanks for having me, Matt.
0: So Rick, I wanna go back and talk about Les Paul. And uh, I was lucky enough to know Les and his son, Rusty. I'm sure you recall when he used to play Monday Nights at Fat Tuesday and and then Ridium, what a special guy he was. And talk about the Les Paul guitar. I know you mm-hmm. play a lot of guitars, but mm-hmm. can we talk a little about Les and what he's meant
1: to you and to people in rock and roll? Oh well, I mean he's the uh, the godfather. I mean of, uh, of of the sound of rock and roll. Um, you know, being so inventive and just going out there and coming up with a whole new concept of a solid body guitar. Uh, It was just, you know, revolutionary. I mean, he's that that guitar shaped rock and roll, you know, little, you know, I don't know if he knew when he was doing it back then, but uh, I always, you know, read about him and how he always was was tinkering, you know, with tape machines and, you know, he started multi-track. I mean, he's such an important person in in music history and in all genres, actually, you know, um and, and his playing is phenomenal you know that's another it's, so it's you know it's just an all around genius basically <laughs>
0: Sure was, and I think holds more patents than anybody else who's ever lived. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Right, yeah. Yeah, incredible. So you grew up in Brooklyn. Yeah. When you were a kid growing up, what were you listening to? Who who were your favorites? Uh, Well,
1: growing up as a real real little kid, I was listening to Beatles. Um, Just to really quick, just to get back to Les Paul, I was in a club a number many years ago, and Les Paul was in the club, and I have his autograph he signed a lot of autographs. I just, but it's, but it's on. It's in, uh, it's in my house here on display. I'll never forget that. As it, um, be. As it should be. Yeah. So, um, uh, growing up, um, yeah. Growing up listening to, uh, when I was a little kid, I was just fascinated with transistor radios. <laughs> so I just went to bed with a transistor radio by my head. Yeah. You know, and, uh, just listened to, uh, I mean, everything was pop, but then every once in a while, like, you know, I'm trying to think of W, A, B, C. This was AM, and then, you know, I got into FM, but I was really little. You know, I remember every once in a while you hear like, all of a sudden, like, Jimi Hendrix, you would hear Jimi Hendrix or Cream, and, I, and, I, and I'd say, wow, this stuff is so left field from all the other pop stuff, you know? And that just really grabbed my attention those sounds from the guitar. And I
0: remember where I went to school, not too far from where you are now in Queens, you know, a lot of kids in high school, really talented group and Mm. played in bands. Do you remember your first band?
1: Uh, Well, I played with friends growing up. I played with a lot of friends. We we put together, we put together bands, different uh, people would be in and out of them. and just just experimenting, really. But the first, real band where I was actually felt like I was decent enough to go out and play was with a good buddy of mine, a few good buddies. Mind, uh, we we um, we we got together and uh, had a cover band. We played early Led Zeppelin, early Aerosmith, stuff like that. That was my first. I was in my late teens. I was first real band where I actually went out and played clubs, and you know I felt I was good enough to play out, right? Right. You know?
0: and, and of course, we're going to talk about Riot and then Riot Act, True. but metal in the '80s was really, really, you know, thriving. Sure. Are there were other metal bands that you really looked to and looked up to, you know, as you were starting to make your way forward
1: yeah i mean you know i really originally started out i, I was really into the blues players i, I just grew up listening to all, all the great blues blues players and uh gradually got into the heavier stuff and um probably the first probably deep purple in in rock as far as the first really heavy it wasn't called heavy metal back then but that was probably the first real heavy album that kind of shaped where heavy metal was going was, was that album um, the early zeppelin the early sabbath albums um, but i remember that but i, I was in a, just i was in a lot, a lot of different styles of music you know not just one particular thing but uh, I, I always leaned towards the heavier side yeah and i, I share your love and a lot of those great old
0: blues guitarists And did get to see some of them. I did get to see John Lee Hooker and and have incredible memories of seeing Albert Collins, who was was in that next generation, but also one of the older school guys. Did you get to see any of those growing up
1: in New York? We were pretty lucky. Did you get to see any of those icons? I I got to see Muddy Waters. Wow. Maybe a year or two before he passed. I was lucky enough. we We were on tour and, uh, he was playing in one of the towns we were in I, I can't remember where it was, though, but we, you know, we said, wow, we have to go see Muddy Waters, <laughs> and we, you know, and I was lucky enough to see him. So that was like, that was a big thrill.
0: Yeah. Oh, what a thrill. Did you ever see there's a great, it's about a 45 minute, so it's more than a clip. On YouTube of uh Mick and Keith and Ronnie Wood yep. with cool Waters at the checkerboard lounge. Yep, they show up, right? They just show up at the lounge and, and they, they sit down and then yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and the and the reverence that they had for him. Oh, yeah. And it was really the British acts that oh, yeah. that that made them as prominent as they were in America. We ignored Muddy, sure. we ignored and Wolf, we ignored all those icons. And it was the
1: British rockers who really brought them to prominence in their own country. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, the Stones were all the girls' stuff. It's like they're essentially a blues band, you know. <laughs> you know your man, I'm gone. 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 Down to the Down county for me.
0: You know the classic era of Riot is you. How did you get into the band? And uh, they've also been called the unluckiest band uh, right. around from New York. And I know there's some tough stuff there, but can you mm. give me the story of your journey to Riot?
1: Yeah, it's basically uh, it was a neighborhood thing actually. I, I found out um, that Mark Reilly, the guitar player, started Riot lived around the corner from me in Brooklyn and uh, I would um, run into his band at these events called block parties where uh, during the summertime blocks would uh, close and everyone participated uh, food drink they'd hire a band and I remember seeing the very early the, the beginning of riot and and, and running into Mark and going, wow, these, these guys are really good. They're playing really cool music and stuff like that. And then I found out later on that he lived around the corner for me. So I, I'd always go around the corner. I'd always see them rehearse. And um, I became friends with Mark. And I was, that was my place to go. You know, we, we'd hang out together and just talk music and guitars and fiddle around with tinkering with guitars. And uh became very close with him. And I watched the band grow and all the chain members and, you know, from Marcos Troy's always trying to find the the right combination of people. And he had, you know, sound in his head, what what he wanted the band to sound like. So I got to witness, you know, a number of lineup changes. And um, so that's how I got to know, riot. And then um, when they finally started recording, uh, Luke Cavaras was the guitar player uh, at that time. And I was, I was in a, I was doing a cover band at that time. And uh, they started working on originals and recorded Rock City. And I just, I remember being around all the time and just, you know, watching the whole process and uh after rock city um started to work on the but uh, there was some fallout and lou cavaris left the band so um and this is you know right to start of narita so i was essentially always there i was kind of like the logical choice to be in the band so i was asked to to join and they knew the material and rehearsed with them and everybody got along really well so that was really important too um a good friend of mine was the bass player and uh so just i just stepped into it you know just from being around for all those years
0: and there were so many great rock clubs back in new york in that day all over not just in the city but in brooklyn and queens do you remember any of those clubs you must have had some really great nights in some of those great spaces oh uh,
1: yeah i mean there was you know there was oh well when riot played oh, oh in the city there was Oh boy i'm trying to club club 82 there was really some interesting places where we used to play Gilder sleeves was great i remember playing Gilder sleeves. that was pretty cool cbgbs um and you know, then you had uh, Lamore in Queens and Lamore in Brooklyn. Yeah, and uh, you know, in, in Brooklyn I think you had uh, Rock Palace and Zappas. And, and there was and you know, quite even more in the city. But uh, yeah, we frequent all those places. And you started to do a little touring, I would think,
0: starting on the East yeah, Coast. Right after, yeah, right after Narita,
1: we started to tour, you know, so that was my first taste of it, really. So I was, we were getting hot in Texas, very, uh, in San Antonio, we were getting airplay. And uh, the first time we went there, it was like, we were greeted by by fans, we were like shocked, you know, that we, we had like a, this little following and that knew all the material, and they were like, we'd meet us at, at the hotel and outside the venue. And, and we were like, wow, we felt, we felt like stars. It was so, so funny. We were like laughing. We couldn't believe it, you know. That, that's yeah, so that Yeah, so we were really young and crazy.
0: It was, uh, maybe you saw recently, there was an announcement. Rob Reiner was going to make Spinal Tap too.
1: Yeah, yeah. I remember being on the road and watching the first Spinal Tap. <laughs> we,
0: we left our ass off. And they say that a lot of those stories were true. That yeah. you know, the band being lost under the stage was Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Uh, funny, I-, I would think in those early days, in particular, when you're on the road, young guys, and all of a sudden, you know, the fans are really discovering you, and you know that adoration. Mm-hmm. I would think sometimes things went wrong. Yeah, remember any money. funny stories that you can share yes, where something did not go as planned? Well, we've kept them waiting long enough. Let's do it, Tom. Come
1: on, Mick. Let's go, Mister Shrimp again. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's not an exit. It's not an exit. We don't want an exit. Well, that's true. Oh, this way. I'm I think sorry. so, though. Yeah. this way. way. Um. Wait. This looks so familiar, though. Listen, I'm really that? No, let's go not down. here.
0: What the fuck is he? You know, he should be here. We've got to get to a somewhere. He's been on stage, right? We're in, the We're in the group. We're in the group that's playing tonight. You go right straight through this door here, down the hall. Yeah. Turn right. Yeah. And then there's a little jog there, about 30 Job. feet. Oh, jog to and the we left. We don't have time for
1: that. Go straight okay. ahead. Go straight you. ahead. Yeah.
0: Turn right the next two corners. And first door you sign, authorized, personnel only.
1: Yeah. Open that door. That's the stage. You think so? You're authorized. You're musicians, aren't cards, you? Yeah. All All right. Right. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. Rock and roll. Right, Rock and roll. Yeah, let's get it. Let's get it. This way. No. This, no let's get this way. This way. This way. Other way, other way. Uh, it was more like just crazy zaniness, you know. I think we were all living out our fantasies of being, you know, you know, watching and reading about what bands like uh, Led Zeppelin did on and what the Who did, and just <laughs> just total insanity, you know. So, so we we, we recreate stuff as, as a goof sometimes, you know, make believe we're going to throw a TV out the window, but we never did, you know, but. But we did silly stuff. I remember one time we were at a hotel and uh, we were in the pool area. So they they had a whole setup, pool furniture, tables, a a real serious setup there with umbrellas and a whole bit. And we had a huge pool and we put everything in the pool. We set up the whole whole outside um, scenario exactly in the pool. So the umbrellas are sticking out. Of the pool, the chairs, and everything's all set up just the way it was outside. But inside, the, in the pool manager wasn't too right. thrilled about that. Uh, and we yeah, we, did, we did silly things. We, we uh, rented a car. We by the time we returned it, it was it was destroyed. <laughs> it was, <laughs> and it all started by cha- changing a station on the on the radio. There was the push button radios on those cars back yep. then and uh, listening to music and we weren't driving for hours so I think we we're just out of our minds. And he said, change the station. So, so a drummer decides to change the station, not with his index finger, but with his foot. So now the station is permanently locked on this one, <laughs> this one station, the radio's locked in on this one station for the rest of our God knows how many hours we had to drive to the next town. <laughs> Oh my god. And we started just ripping stuff out of the car, and throwing it out the window. But Tommy got the the car was just in shambles. <laughs> shambles, just you know, it's
0: goofy stuff. Right, right. That's great. And you also worked with a lot of great bands opening for big bands and and, mm-hmm. and big bands supporting you. What were some of those magical moments when you
1: reflect and look back on that era that you remember? Oh well, you know we got to tour with ACDC when Bon Scott was in the band, uh, which was like wow, that was that was a that was really something because you know Highway to Hell was like just hitting, and uh, that, that was a trip touring with ACDC, dc um, tour with Sammy Hagar, who was one of our idols. Because and uh, I just heard an explosion. I hope yeah. Something didn't blow up out. there. Uh, inside my house there. Uh, yes, Montrose was a big influence on Riot. So getting to play with Sam Hager was a, was a thrill. And then um, touring with uh, Rainbow, Richie Blackmore's an idol of mine. So I got Black Sabbath and, uh, and Rush. I mean, it's, it's just so many bands. And you've, played, you've played with almost everybody. Almost, almost, yeah. Amazing, amazing shows in England. We were, we had a great, uh, great reception in England. Did the first Monsters of Rock festival. You yeah, know, Judas Priest. So, yeah, played with so many, so many great bands. And, and, really great memories. And
0: the genre. Yeah. You know, obviously in across all genres of music and you can go all the way back to, you know, young people that we lost like Jim Morrison and Janis Joplin and Jimmy, who you mentioned earlier, but a lot of longevity. And I think a lot of folks who, you know, from your era and even before your era, still around and still playing and still going. yeah. You know, including you. I mean, yeah, I mean, I have
1: a, I have a, lot, a lot of friends people, that would people would have lost play.
0: a lot of bets about how long a lot of these folks would have
1: gone on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it, it never left me like, you know, I know some people that, that's, you know, stop playing after a while, but I have lots of friends that still play, you know, still, they're still passionate about it, you know, as I am. Yeah, no, it's uh, fantastic. So can we talk
0: about, you know, the the creation of Riot Act? And I know sure. that there too, with Lou, you know, there was some tragedy, but I'd love to talk about that a little bit, but talk about, you know, what's happening with the band because it's a phenomenal story in the, and the new album, Close to the Flame, is a fantastic record. <laughs>
1: It really started, um, every once in a while, I'd run into Lou at a club or somewhere or a music store. um, And he'd say, well, one day we got together and get and play, you know, just for fun. And uh, yeah, I would say, yeah, but you know, nothing ever would come of it, either I didn't call or he didn't call, you know. So that went on for a while. Um, And then, the riot thing never really went away. It was always yeah, I always hear something you read something about something would mention that riot was an influence on their band and I then I'd read reviews of I'd go back and read reviews of Fire Down under and see, wow wow, this album was pretty influential and stuff but so so it, you know that part of it you know it was always in you so what when Lou and I finally got together. We uh, were inducted into the Heavy Metal Hall of History in 2019 and uh, we were kind of shocked. I mean, I, I was kind of, I said, like, wow, really? We, the band's being recognized finally after all these years? And and that, uh, that ceremony was to honor all the heavy bands that kind of like, always get ignored by the mainstream, by Grammys, you know, all these great bands uh, that just they'll come to your town and sell out, you know, the biggest arena two or three nights in a row, but yet they're ignored. (laughs) So this heavy metal whole history was, we were shocked, you know, the first year we were one of the bands that were inducted. So it's like, Lou and I, uh, we met in California, actually met at the airport. And funny, it's funny because I didn't even know that he was going. I, I was told about it, but I didn't know he was. And we met at the airport and it was just like, wow. So we went there, Eddie Trunk was the host. Uh, they had this whole ceremony. He, he talked about how Riot was so influential to, and to go out there and get fired down under. It's one of the greatest heavy metal albums of all time. And uh, it was really touching, you know? So um, on, on, the, on the flight home, Lou was just smiling. He goes, what do you say, Rick? Let's, uh, let's get together. And I said, you know, you, you, why not? You know, <laughs> yeah. Let us let's, let's get together and it, it, it'd be fun. You know, so and that's that's what we, we wanted it to be fun. We wanted to write new music and, and play play. This, obviously, you didn't play the old stuff, but the, the, the cool thing about it was, you know, we lost guys Baranza, Red Forester, Mark Rialli, and here he was Lou and I. You know, who were the original some of the original guys from the early days. So um, we, we said. Um, Hey, let's have some fun and, and do it. So we 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 would get together and throw some songs out there that we like to play and, and what fans liked. And we, we started rehearsing and uh, we said, Well, now we need a band, you know. He said, So he said, Who are we gonna get? And at that time I was playing with Paul and Claudio, the drummer and bass player on in Riot Act. And I said, Hey, you know, these guys are great, you know, so let's let's check it out. So and our drummer, Claudio, knew about Riot. So he was, you know, I said, hey, you want to get together with Lou and we'll try this out? So we got some songs together and it just sounded really good. And, and it was the first time Lou and I actually played together, you know, because he had left uh, after Rock City and I came in. So we never really played together. And our styles are, are, are similar. We come from the same school. So when we started to play the old songs, it just sounded just it sounded so real. It's just... it just brought us back to that sound you know we just had that style of playing and we just complemented each other so well uh so that's how and it all started right down here right back there (laughs) right in this basement uh so we needed a singer so we would addition singers and that was always the trouble you know it's like how are we gonna get somebody really gonna pull off these songs and and you want to come off you know like we're we're real and not just half-assed, to be honest with you. So um, a friend of Lou's turned us on to uh, Don Chafin. And uh, we contacted him, sent him a few Riot songs. And Don's a b- busy guy, runs a studio. We didn't think you know, he'd be into it, but he, he heard it. We, we went to his place and we started to play. <laughs> And he just knocked it out of the park. I mean, he, we did three songs and we just stopped and, and Lou and I just said, man, you're the guy, this is just amazing. And, and, and Don turned around and goes, you guys sound amazing. I never heard such your guitars. It's just, he, we were blown away by each other. So it was just like one of those moments where it's just like, uh, these magical moments where it's like, wow, this lineup was just meant to be. It just It was just so freaky how it just happened.
0: And as you said, Rick, you, you succeeded Lou and Riot. So you never really played together. You're both, right. you both lead guitar players. Mm-hmm. What's that like when you've got, you know, two lead guitar players, you know, in the same band, how do you make that
1: work? Well, yeah, I mean, it was going back to when we were much younger. I know, um, you know, there's a lot of competition when you're younger and um, I know Lou and Mark, there was good competition because it makes you play better. And, uh, but I, you know, there could have been times where, you know, maybe Lou wanted to do a little bit more and Mark felt he was the main lead guitar player, but Lou was an excellent guitar player too, you know? So, but they did sh- share leads and did, did, did harmonies and things like that. Um, but you know, you see, sometimes you think, you know, looking back, I said, hmm, maybe Mark didn't want Lou to outshine him or or vice versa. So there's probably some little competition there. Um, When I came in, there really wasn't that much. I was sort of quiet, kept to myself and and just did my role. I I played lead on the songs that I wrote and we do the harmonies together and stuff like that. But then times goes on and, you know, you want to get your share of, I guess, the spotlight, get your recognition. So, um, but getting back to Lou and I getting together so many years later, that was like, we couldn't care less. I respected Lou as a player. He respected me. So we'd say, Lou, you take that lead. Rick, you take that lead. And it was like, it was, who cares who's going the lead, you know? <laughs>
0: right. It was yeah, yes, with with age, it was,
1: comes little, age comes a little wisdom. Yeah, right. I mean, Whoever did, you know, whatever fit best for the song. That's that's how, that's how we approached it, you know. And then tragically, we lost Lou. Yeah. In, in 2020, we had we were invited back to play at the Kevin Horse History again and uh, Eddie Truck introduced us and we got to play two songs. And it's the only time you'll ever see the five of us playing with Lou and Lou and I on stage together. Was at that show, which is on Amazon Prime. If people like to rent it, you can see that uh, show. And uh, we we played two riot songs, and and that's the only time we got to play live together. And um, actually, we did play, but not with that same line. It's a different lineup. But the true riot act. That was it. That was the our only performance. And then tragically, three months uh, March, the end of March, Lou passed away from COVID. COVID had just hit, and and nobody was really aware of you know what was going on and we, we learned that he had it and and uh it, it just got worse and i'm going no this can't be he, he's got to he's got to get through this i i remember talking to him on the phone he says you know rick this is a really bad uh cold and you know i can't shake it and then the next thing you know he's in the hospital and not much later he, he passed away i was like It was like we were just like, oh my god! We just like total shock, total shock,
0: awful, awful, awful. Yeah. And and the unluckiest band, uh, which sadly, in part, with Lou, is carried forward into the present day. There was incredible stories about Riot, not all good ones. Trouble with management. Trouble with labels.
1: Uh, oh sure. Yeah, how real sure. was all
0: that stuff, and and what are your reflections oh. looking back on that? Because the band yeah, was, was certainly good. talented enough, and the records were great enough, you know, for you guys to be up there at the at the very top of the pile of the genre, without question, musically.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the fans really liked the band, and uh, sometimes you know labels passed on us or dropped us. Uh, yeah, we, we we had issues just the whole, the way management dealt with labels. Uh, I mean, they did get us to a point, obviously, so I have to be thankful. Uh, but this is before I was in the band, you know, Mark and guy were signed with them. And um, there was just problems. Some labels just didn't want to deal with them. And, uh, maybe too demanding. Um, Capital had dropped us. They had heard another single that they wanted, they wanted to release another single, another song that we had, Um, but uh, we didn't feel it was the right thing to do. They wanted to hit out in bands and the just deemed us uh, commercially unacceptable. So they dropped us, so luckily electra picked us up and uh, we had fans at electra and uh, the fire down that c- came out under there, got some great, great touring. And, uh, but there was always issues and conflicts um, between our management and various other, record companies and other,
0: sorry? and you guys were so great live, was yeah. it hard to recapture that magic in the studio or not
1: a problem? Uh, well, you know, Riot was always a live band and it always gave off a lot of energy. I mean, in the early days of Riot, Mark's goal was just to play music that just made people want to get up and just rock out to. And, uh, and, and that's what it was all about. It was all by a high-energy rock and roll band. And when we went to the studio record Fire Down Under, um, it, everything just came together for that album. Just the songs, the energy, the, the vibe of, this, uh, of the five of us. We just had the right combination of people and songs. And, and then when we went on the road, it was just like, it was just killer. We just uh, exploded on stage and uh, we always gave opening acts or run for the money, you know, so, um, and we, we, are continuing that with, with, riot act, you know, that's, uh, that's what it's all about. And what, tell us what's
0: cooking now. We're going to see you guys out on the road. What's good. Yeah, finally, what's, what's the plan for riot act for Yeah.
1: well, we did this, you know, we did after loop past, we, we worked on, uh, all originals and we, we decided, you know, um, we, we We didn't want to replace Lou. we just decided to continue as a four piece um, and just do the music that the four of us put together. you know so we just uh, have this this vibe and energy about us, and we all communicate quite well. and uh, we're going to go out in the end of August finally in September we're going to hit England and Spain and then hit the US the following month uh, so it's going to be really exciting because this is the longest stretch i haven't played i mean we haven't played in two and a half years every time a, a, a show or tour came up it was canceled you know there were lockdowns in europe uh, things get canceled here so it was like oh boy you know when are we ever going to play again you know it's still things are kind of you know not back to normal it's gonna take a while
0: yeah I mean it's got to be I mean for all of us it was tough the last few years sure. you know you had particular tragedy losing Lou but for people like you who used to being on stage in front of an audience um, that's got to be really a, a different kind of loss you know the last couple of years
1: oh sure sure you know I would get together and play every weekend uh, but now for the last few years I haven't played any you know, because you know, I mean, things are have calmed down a bit, but uh, it was just kind of scary because a lot of musicians that I know in in my area and uh, just you would hear oh so and so passed away from COVID, so and so passed away. I, I, this is just unbelievable. It was it was really 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 scary, and um, so it's going to be interesting. Uh, to go out there for the first time (laughs) and play again Um, I mean we're all excited about playing you know I can't wait to plug into my amplifier and turn up and hit hit some chords there and play and just get the reaction from the audience and I'm sure the audience they want to go see bands they're tired of cancellations every so many tours get cancelled you you buy tickets and uh, I'm sure they are
0: yeah, I, want to show think, to I think on, people. You know? I think you'll do great. I mean, we've, we've yeah. we we did a gig. We just we just had a big hit in London last week with our event. We had the London version of what we do at Advertising Week, and we had we were at Scala, which is a great room in London at King's Cross, and it was packed, and oh, the wow. audiences are there, and I think they will
1: welcome Riot That's Act, awesome. you
0: know, with really open
1: arms. Yeah, we've been getting great reaction to the album. So that's we're really thrilled about that. You know, we have three videos out there and album's was just released last month and it's doing well. And all the reactions have been great. I mean, all the re- reviews have been great and people's reaction to the band. And so <laughs> I can't wait to hit the road.
0: Wow, Closer to the flame. Great record. Rick Ventura, my Brooklyn, Queens, uh, brethren. It's been an absolute joy to talk to you. I can't thank you enough for the time. We'll have to meet on 73rd 73rd Avenue. Exactly. Exactly. We'll meet at the bagel store on 73rd and 23rd. (laughs) Right. All right. Stay well, Rick. Yes.
1: Thank you, man. Take care. Capturing and other structural elements for this podcast are powered by Snackable AI. With the ability to unify all content in one place, have AI distill the best insights instantaneously and share them seamlessly, businesses on Snackable create more relevant value for their audiences faster than ever before. Learn more at snackable.ai.